Hey, Andy, it's Nick um, Gerlach, your co-host. Um, good seeing you today. First time I've seen you in a few months, I think. Sitting in the back of the plane, um, the flight you're on, getting ready to go to Europe this tour, and uh, our flight's delayed because someone blew up the toilet too hard. And what I'm wondering is, is it too late for me to back out on this? I'm just kind of starting to get a bad feeling about this. A lot of, a lot of stuff going wrong already. Uh, I don't know. The energy's off here. I just, we're, we're getting ready to hit the runway. I think I still have a few minutes. I can scream and run off this plane if there's time. So let me know if uh, there's still time for me to get a sub to play sax for you in the store. Okay. See you in about six hours. Times have changed, the band is strange Here we are doing cocaine Brian, we're doing blow You could be right, you could be wrong The back's so big and the line's so long Brian, we're doing blow Sold it out. We met a guy and we bought an ounce. Brian, we're using blow. We need help. Help us. Schwartz, we're doing cocaine. Let's start the show, baby. All right. And we're back. Andy Frasco's World Saving Podcast. I'm Andy Frasco. How's our heads? How's our minds? Are we staying out of trouble? Are you trying not to fuck up your legs? Jesus Christ. I'm not clapping to that. Wow. What a time. <laughs> we're in an airport. Or we're in an airport hotel on our way to Belgium. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about before we have... Um, by the way, see here now. Shout out to all the people who showed up. New Jersey showed the fuck up. I did not expect we were competing with this like young hip band called Wet Leg. I'm like, oh, this band's huge. I don't know how many people are going to show up. And goddamn, it was one of the biggest shows we ever had. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for coming out. Um, this is a See Here Now installation, the last of them. Um, but this is this is actually the last of the festival summer. We had all we did good. We had a bunch of festivals. We got to showcase on the podcast. And then it's coming to an end, to a, back to a regular um, program. What is that saying? Regular standard program? <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Um, so shout out to C here now. That was a blast. Um, Sean blew out his knee. Um, me and Sean were having a little tough before the show. You know, like brothers, you know, misunderstanding each other. And... Uh, he was going extra hard, taking that aggression out on his guitar and on the show, which as that's what we do as musicians. We take it out on our music so we don't kill each other on the road. And uh, we, uh, set, I, you know, we apologized. On, I apologized on stage. We had some peace. And then everyone finally started breathing good again. And then 
<laughs> right when everything was good, he was doing his rock thing and he was jump. He jumped on a subwoofer. Everything was good. And then I was like about to do my ending speech and I was in the middle of it and he was walking back on stage and his knee dislocated. It, I literally, he fell to the ground. We knew Sean had like um, shitty knees. He's always had shitty knees, but I've only seen the knee pop out like once or twice in our career together, but it popped out and there was, you know, 10 plus 10 plus thousand people there. And I'm doing my speech about never giving up and never keep fighting, keep fighting. Then my brother is, you know, Sean is on the floor. His kneecap is to the right. I'm like, Oh fuck. And you know, this is, this is the story of this band. He kept playing. There was medics trying to run on stage. He shoot him away. He's like, let's just finish the song. Um, and I got to shout it out to him. Sean fucking Eccles. Unbelievable, buddy. You fucking did it. You know, sorry we, uh, we butt heads a lot. Um, we're brothers on this fight. And sometimes we, um, you know, there's different things that happen. Um in both our heads and we overanalyze things and the only way to get through it is communication and we're going to work on that. But speaking of his knee, he had to pop that bitch in and normally he does it and it'll pop in, but it took five times to pop the knee back in. So he kept on missing the knee and I could just see the agonizing pain while he's hitting the courts. He was still hitting the courts so I could do my speech. And I was like, you know, that if that isn't fucking rock and roll, I I don't know what is. So shout out to Sean Eccles one more time for giving it all he's got. We didn't have any doubt. We didn't even have any dialed in gummies to fucking help with the pain. Yo, shout out to dialed in gummies. Um, they're the best. I haven't got to be honest. I've been on the road for fucking. I went to Europe and I was on the road before, so I haven't eaten my dialed in gummies. In like three or four weeks, which I'm kind of bummed out about, and I can't bring them to Europe because that's illegal. So I'm going to be two weeks missing my dialed in gummy um, fix. But um, for everyone in Denver, um, buy some dialed in gummies for me. You know, they're great. Um, rosin based gummies, they taste great, they feel great. I like taking a half. Um, when I'm doing my thing or if at nighttime, right before I go to bed, I'll pop a whole cube, which is, um, I love it. So go buy some dialed in gummies, Keith and the crew. They're amazing. Good people. And I can't wait to get back to dinner. I think, I think I get back to Denver October 8th. Do we get back to Denver October 8th? We have two, what? Ninth, October 9th. Damn. I've been on the road for so fucking long. It's crazy when you get when you're on the when you're just on the road for it starts getting to five weeks, six weeks, you forget that you have a home <laughs> and you try to make the best out of it. You know, I mean, chicken wings in my hotel room, feeling like a fucking just a slob. I was eating. I, I slept, walked on my. I took a val a Valium, no, a Xanax last night because I I'm still jet lagged because I was I was in Europe. Uh, a couple days ago, three days ago, and I'm going back today. We're going back to start a European tour. And uh, we had to fly to Canada to play that show. By the way, shout out to Canada. <laughs> fuck yeah, Canada. That was fucking sick. Canada, I fuck with you. I, You know, I was going through a little depression spell. I didn't know. <laughs> I was walking through the streets. I'm like, damn, 
is Canada depressed or am I depressed? <laughs> Cause he's, it was like, it was really weird because I loved it, but everyone was kind of sad in a sense. Um, maybe I was just, um, showing my own inner mind cause I was just so tired, but then we went to the show and everyone was fucking pumped up. So it definitely was, I was having a little, a little depression spell there for a couple days. That's why it's important to sleep guys. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little pep talk guys. You guys are doing drugs every day. Or if you're doing speed and you can't go to bed, this is why you're becoming a crazy person. Because sleep is important. I finally got like three days of like A-plus hours of sleep. I know I feel fucking great. So I'm going to clap it up for sleep. Get some sleep. You can't be partying every day. You can't be having these benders and think you're going to, you know, you're not a young buck anymore. You have to keep going. You have to get some sleep, drink some water. I've got fucking vitamins. I went to the vitamin store right before the hotel. I got some D. I got some probiotics. I'm ready to fucking, I'm ready to fuck. Let's go. But um, anyways, get to, I got some sleep and I feel better. I was like really depressed in, in Canada. I was just like, just got off, of, you know, the cruise, which I'll talk about a little bit too. Before we do that, um, Repsy.com. Guys, you in a band? Are you... um? needing help is your agent not giving you enough stuff right now or if you don't have an agent do you want to get out there getting that restless leg sign up for repsy.com all it will do is help you could be a band you could be a independent venue trying to find bands for your for your independent venue you could be a wedding planner trying to find cool bands for your the wedding that you're uh, booking you could be a fucking juggler. You want to be a magician? Want to get out there and fucking just start juggling balls? Well, that didn't sound, that sounded weird. <laughs> you want to juggle some bananas and God damn it. Why is my, every reference I have goes to dick. You want to juggle whatever, juggle something. Um, and uh, sign up for repsy.com because all it's going to do is help. This industry is so fucked up right now. It, it really is. And uh, everyone's going to be stepping on each other's toes in the, in the fall time. I was like looking at the schedule because we're about to start our fall tour with Little Stranger. By the way, thanks for buying tickets. I was worried for a little bit, but now I feel good. I was worried. I feel good. Um, we're going on tour with Little Stranger in the fall. So go grab your tickets. Um, if you're new because you're just here to listen to John from Head in the Heart. By the way, Head in the Heart was fucking amazing. And he, I had a great conversation with him. Um, but go buy your fall tickets. But back to how bad the music industry is right now. People are stepping on each other's toes. There's not enough money. There's, we're going in head deep, balls deep into a recession. We're going to need all the help we can get. So sign up for repsy.com. All right, back to the cruise before we uh, talk about um, John from Head in the Heart. That was awesome. That was the first time meeting him. I was a big fan of him. He's gotten me through a lot of depressing times. Listening to his sad songs. He's got some sad ass songs, man. Woo! Sad fucking songs. Um, but I love a sad song. You know, that's my shit. You all know that already because I talk about it all the time. That's why I love Craigie. Um, fuck, what was I talking about? You're working. Never mind. Bo's out here working. Bo's going to Europe for the first time. You stoked, Bo? You're fucking stoked. I just got back. Yeah, we'll talk about that in two seconds. Go do keep keep working on. He's planning the Europe tour. Doesn't even speak the fucking languages. These guys, countries, but we're out here. We're bringing our American boy. He's gonna be killing it. Um, anyway, um, my European. Oh, yeah, the the Virgin Voyage cruise was a fucking blast. Shout out to Virgin Voyage. Shout out for letting me bring six of my homies. 
it was just a blast. They gave me a little allowance. They were like, you know, it was like a free trip. All I had to do was like do some Instagram posts. I was like, damn, I really feel like a fucking influencer right now. I'm fuck. I was like, I felt like Khloe Kardashian in this bitch. Like I was like, had to go on an influencer meeting <laughs> with all these different fucking weirdo influencers. One dude that I had the meeting with, he, he's faint. God, it's just amazing how you can make money now. This guy, this one guy I met on the cruise, that's an influencer that Virgin paid for to go there. He, all he wore, he wore an orange Speedo the whole time. I'm hoping that fool has like four or five Speedos because your ass is going to smell eventually. It's, it's hot as fuck on those cruises. They're all like, it was like, it felt like a club. I'm not really into the club scene, but it was like Ibiza and shit. And I'll tell you all about that. I went to a fucking EDM concert, which fucking sucked. I saw this guy, David Guetta. And it was just expensive and I was high on acid. I'm like, every, I was like sweaty Europeans everywhere. I'm just like, this isn't my vibe, but you know, I tried it out. So shout out to Ibiza for um, <laughs> making me go to a, some fucking EDM concert. But um, I just didn't, I, I don't understand that. I mean, I will talk, I don't, I'm not trying to hate on it. I just don't understand it. It's like everyone's just so sweaty and they're on ecstasy and they're grinding their fucking teeth and they're just like really close and you're spending $25 to buy a vodka soda and they're like, yeah, fuck it. It's just like, um, that's not my taste. So I sat in the back and did a little cocaine. I did cocaine. Yeah, I know. I did some cocaine in Europe. I was like, I'm on vacation. I'm not singing. I did a couple days of cocaine, but it was, it was, that was fun. I wasn't grinding my teeth or anything. I was just like, but I got to sleep for 12 hours on the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the cruise. It was really beautiful. I love being on a boat. I can't wait for jam cruise. We're playing jam cruise in February. It was just a great vibe. Everyone was happy. Um, it was a little different because the Virgin crew, this Normally, food on these cruises are fucking blow. It's just shitty food. They're just like cattle feeding you bread and fuck. I just feel, I felt like, you know, like, felt like I was just in a workshop or whatever, just getting bread and fucking goopy fucking soup and shit. But this place, the Virgin, Virgin Cruise Line was bomb as fuck. Um, they had like six Michelin star restaurants and it was fucking awesome. They gave us an allowance so I could drink and, not blow my whole money I made from last tour on this trip. And I didn't really spend that much money and it was really good. And I was really excited. And then the last fucking day, you know, I was like really feeling myself doing the whole Euro thing. We were in Ibiza. We're like, fuck it. Let's buy some absinthe. I think I saw like a movie, like Euro trip. Remember that movie Euro trip? I was like, I'm buying some absinthe. We're going to like this bitch. And on some sugar cubes and fucking, you we're going to go for it. Oh, my God. I almost fucking burned the whole boat down. I really felt, have you ever seen that, it, that TikTok video that's going around where people are just like peacefully, just like sunbathing on a cruise and then they van, pier ride Carnival Cruise and the whole fucking flip is on fire? Literally, that's what I thought was happening. Um... I was lighting absinthe on fire and because I, I, I didn't know how to do it, but like you're supposed to like light the sugar and let the sugar melt. But me and my friends, we don't know how to do it. We're dumbasses. So we kept on pouring absinthe on the sugar while the thing's lighting. And then the gust of wind came and whoosh, literally 
inflamed the whole f- front of the boat. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my Titanic moment. I'm, I'm going to be fucked. I'm going to be fucked. I'm going to be fucked. And, you know, it, started, it had a little fire. Uh, it was like a fire because nothing. it didn't. Thank God it didn't hit any of the cushions or anything. But it was like it was kind of like bur- the alcohol was burning on the metal a little bit of like the uh, seat, and I'm like, oh fuck, grab some water. So we grabbed water. I was pouring it on it, pouring it on it, and I didn't realize because I was such on adrenaline, so focused on getting the fire off the fucking boat that I didn't realize there was a fucking flame. Uh, it looked, I felt like Dragon Ball Z up in this bitch, dude. There was a flame going up my leg straight to my dick hole, dude. And my hairs was burning off and Jill was freaking out and everyone was trying to stay pay, like like cautious and like, oh my God, what the fuck? And my leg was burning. I have second degree burns all over my fucking leg. And uh, we got the fire out and we got the fire out off the boat no one saw us. Shout out to that. Fucking Christ, I would have been in jail. I would have been in boat jail. Would have been in boat jail. I shouldn't probably even be talking about this on the podcast, but I would have been in boat jail. And then um, and then I um, burned my fucking leg. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then we went back and I was like, it was bad. It was bleeding out and just like people thought I had the monkey pox and shit. Like, cause it was starting to bubble, you know, like kind of how like people are saying the monkey pox is happening. It was kind of bubbling. It was like, it was painful as fuck. And um, so lucky I'm alive. I'm, you know, I could have been like backdraft up in here, dude. I could have been like backdraft. Your boy could have been backdraft. And like my friends, you know, West, you know, Andy, I took Andy Westby, my boy, Shorgasm. And I took uh, Ben Russell from the Umphreys crew and their wives and uh, my buddy Rick, who owns Skull Candy. And I took Jill, and they're they're legit frightened. I was going up in flames, like like those monks did. Like <laughs> seriously, dude. Like I was like, what the fuck? But you know, the universe gave me some karma points, and I think I don't have any more karma points, so I'm going to be on very good behavior. So let's go. Thank you, karma. Thank you, karma. Jesus fucking Christ. But now here we are, going back to Europe. Um, after three days, Canada, then we played Asbury Park for the See Here Now Fest. This is another installment. Um, John from Head the Hearts on the show today. I interviewed him yesterday right before my show, and it was fucking great. You know, he's got like a little bit of like, a, people say that he's like kind of like kind of mean or kind of, you know, not mean, but kind of like, a, you know, intense. And I felt like I had a great conversation with him. I was relating with him because I'm going through some shit in my head too. And it just made me feel that I'm not alone in this fight. A lot of musicians are going through this mental illness thing. And, you know, because we don't have anyone to talk to about this. You know, it's you talk this, talk about this to a normal person, they think you're fucking crazy. So we got to hash it out a little bit. And one thing led to another. And uh, it was just perfect. And I just really love his band. I loved his lyrics. I love that he's fighting to help his brain while helping figure out. He, I mean, they hired a band therapist. The Head and Heart said, you know what? We want to keep this band together. We're hiring a therapist for all six of us because if we don't, we're going to fucking break up. And I got to respect that. 
for the love of the music. And he goes through all of that. And he goes through his family problems. I mean, we really opened up. We became bros real quick. And um, I'm stoked. And John, if you're listening to this, thanks for coming to the show, bro. You're the fucking man. He comes, he watches my show side of the stage, all the people. See here now, Courtney Barnett. Holy shit, what a bad bitch that is, too. That was amazing. Courtney Barnett, fucking head in the heart. My, I think the best takeaways from that show was Courtney Barnett, head in the heart, and um, Green Day, and Stevie Nicks. Those four. Those four. You know, I've seen Billy Strings like 10 times. I mean, it, you know, it's cool. But they, those four were the shit. And uh, I was really excited to see Stevie Nicks just fucking kill it. 74 years old, just being a bad bitch. Just, I could see it in her eyes that she's still a bad bitch. So shout out to Stevie. Let's go. And shout out to Green Day, throwing on a great rock concert with fireworks. I mean, like, I never really, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've never really, like, I never really watch music when I'm at these festivals. I'm always just drinking, catching up with my friends. And this trip, I'm like, I'm going to watch music, you know? And I watch Green, I watch like all these big bands, you know, Cades the Elephant was sick as fuck. It was sick as fuck. Um, that was fun. This guy's jumping. This guy's crazy as fuck. This guy, he's given me a, a lot of, uh, who's the guy from that major, oh, Scott Whalen. Scott, he's giving, that guy's giving me some Scott Whalen vibes and he was jumping on fucking trusses and getting into the camera truss i'm like that's my motherfucker right there let's go so shout out to see here now that was a great festival thanks for sponsoring the podcast um but before we leave i i need to i need to talk to bo hey bo come over here hey bo <laughs> bo Belinsky's back with us you missed me i missed you buddy how y'all doing come over here know, come dude it's been a minute it's been a minute how you been good good well you're going to europe now how you gonna how you feeling <sighs> You nervous? I'm, I am a little nervous. What? Yeah, I just never been there before. You know, I just want to make sure everything's good to go. That's well, you right. got a good wingman. Yeah, Niels no, is Niels, a good dude. Him and I have been talking last couple of days all morning. That's gonna be He's one of your best friends, dude. Yeah. Niels is the shit. He is the shit. I'm, We're gonna teach you those European roads. Did you know there's no speed limit in Germany? Fuck with that. Autobahn. <laughs> that could get dangerous. But we're also in a van. Just yeah. remember, okay? With all Don't be gear, fucking killing us. There's yeah. nine of us. Yeah. So Belgium's going to have a heart attack. Yeah, no. Oh, God. It's poor Sean. <laughs> Bo, slow down. Bo, slow down. My knee, my knee, brother, my knee. Um, but we're excited, right? Oh, yeah, dude. You know, Couldn't. we're going to go. We're going to we're gonna go take this thing with a grain of salt. We're going to have some great shows, oh, and we're going to have some real fucking dead shows. <laughs> But that's life. We'll play it. You know? And we'll rock it. We're trying that's new countries roll. out. When you try new... This is... And here's, here's my little pep talk from musicians. You got to keep trying. There's going to be shows. Like, I just played in front of 10, 12,000 people. First show back on this tour. on The first show on this European tour, I'm playing for 15 people, buds. You got to keep trying. You got to keep bringing the people to the new shows. You just got to keep going. That's it, right? Get out. Don't make it. Don't make eventually. it. You just got to slowly build. You got to slowly build. Europe. I mean, we're pretty big in like six towns in Europe, but we still got to move around. We got to go to Switzerland. We got to go to Paris. You know, fuck it. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, we canceled the London and Manchester yeah, shows. That's a bummer. Yeah. I'm, I was really looking forward to those. Yeah, ones. It was just costing too much and not enough people were buying tickets and we only sold like a couple tickets and um, we will get back there. 
We will get back there, London, I promise. Um, but we're going to just keep our talents in the Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, and Switzerland for now. But we will be back there, London. Okay, you ready, buddy? I'm ready. Any advice for me? What do, you need, what do you need me to do on this trip? Relax. Okay. Keep yeah. calm. I'm here yeah. for you. Yeah, buddy. You know, we'll, we'll get through this. It's going to be a little bit of a shit show, yeah. but we'll, we'll get through it. Yeah. And we'll get back to the States and, and rest for a minute. Rest for eight days while you and me interview <laughs> fucking 12 people in yeah. the podcast <laughs> to stockpile more before we start our fall tour. Hell yeah. Woo! Those you know, Strangers Boys, that's going to be fun. Dude, I just hung out with them, made a music video. Oh, by the way, um, we got a new song coming out. Maybe next week? What week is this coming out, Tuesday? Yeah, next week. We got a new song out with Little Stranger. Get, get on the lookout. We just made a music video. I love this song. It's called What a Life. Um, you've listened to it, right? It is, yeah. You dig it? Good. I'm excited to see the music video. I saw oh, someone dude, like shitty clowns. Scene stuff. Shitty really clowns yeah. giving nitrous to kids. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what a life. All right, guys. Uh, be safe. Stay happy. Nick Gerlach's on this tour, on this European Ooh. tour. Let's go, Nikki. Nikki's back. So starting uh, next week, Nick will be my co-host, and he's going to probably talk shit about Europeans for fucking two weeks, but maybe he won't. Maybe he'll, he'll like the sternness. I that think you, he will. Yeah. I think he will. He is kind of, he is like British. Yeah. He's, he's I mean, he's got that fucking, eh, everything sucks. Everything. Yeah. So he might like Europe. All right, guys, be safe. I love you. Um, stay happy. Stay inspired. Never give up. Even when it's hard, life is hard. Don't we, we all understand how hard life is, but just know that tomorrow could be better. So why give up now? So without having a chance for tomorrow to have a better day, right? Absolutely. When your knee blows out, keep on fucking rocking. Just fucking push that in every five times. <laughs> Even if it takes five times, push that baby back in. All right, guys. I love you. Stay safe. And uh, I'll enjoy uh, John from Head Heart. All right. Next up on the interview hour... We have the head and the heart. John from the head and heart. Yo, Chris, play some head and the heart. You better find the time to see through your vocation. This band is amazing. John is an amazing lyricist, straight out of uh, Seattle. He's a type of artist who says exactly how he feels in all his songs. And you, you got to love that about an artist. He's singing songs straight from the fucking soul. And I know you're going to love this interview because he was super honest. So, ladies and gentlemen... Please welcome, on the last installment of the See Here Now episodes, John from Head Fuck is up, John. How you doing? What's going? What's the word on the street? I just woke up like this, you know. Yeah. What I mean? <laughs> it's just uh... mullet, <laughs> short shorts, tank top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we played Richmond, Virginia last night, which is where I'm from. Cool. Um, and I woke up two blocks from a beach, and feel like I'm handling it pretty pretty well. After all these years on the road, does it? Do you still feel like a hometown show is a hometown show? You do because of the amount of friends that come out of the woodwork. They're like, 
You might not get tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they all like they're all like six figure jobs, but and still want to yeah, get the. You know what's up. funny is like <sighs> he won't. He, I don't know. Maybe he will hear this. We'll yeah, whatever. Like Sean, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> text me at six thirty. Like doors open at six fifty, which you know he doesn't work in the industry. Fair enough, but like, bro, doors open in twenty minutes. You text me, hey, like my girl just reminded me you guys are playing. I'm like, I got you, and then he's just like, oh, cool, because I was just about to hit purchase, and I was uh. just like. You had the, like, it's not even sold out? Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. You yeah. own the place that I go to all the time. Like, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's funny. So, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that is one marker how you always feel like Is he a close friend of yours? He's like, he's, he's a close, close-ish friend. Like when you were younger? No, no. But I mean, like, so I, I like, I kind of moved when I was younger from Florida to Virginia. So, like. What part? I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, sick. Yeah, like across the St. John's in Orange Park. Um, moved when I was like 13 to Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is like an hour south of D.C. Yeah. And then after I graduated high school, I went to Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Um, so so I kind of have like, I, I kind of have like either middle school, high school friends or people that I've met, which would have been college years, but I didn't go to Why'd you move so much? Um, well, the initial move was just like my dad was a welder and he made more money up north. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, he just he was a pipe fitter and a welder, so he they just paid better up north. Um, Did you ever resent your dad for always moving when you were a kid? Uh, I I resented my dad for many other reasons. What? Um, he just he if things that are inside of his brain that I now find as like very I feel very fortunate that I've inherited uh-huh. <laughs> were not necessarily skill sets that made it him a good father. Yeah. Or, or, or I think, I think there were things that made him believe he couldn't be a good father. And you know what I mean? It's just like mind over matter shit. He just, I just don't think he thought he was up for the job. Right. So therefore he wasn't ever yeah. really doing the job. Yeah. He was work. He, I mean, he worked, he worked his ass off to support a family as, as did my mom. My mom worked two jobs, you know, a lot. Cause my, as a physical labor, like if you get an injury, you're fucked. So right. my dad blew out his shoulder, um, and was out of work for years. Um, you know, also, this is also the timing when like doctors are fucking ruining America with right. pills. Is so, that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I just watched that documentary about mm-hmm. the you know the the epi- the the heroin epidemic. Yeah, just from those pills that because pe- people are not able to get. Yeah, yeah, it's either like they can't reach the high or they can't afford to get access to these drugs that literally those companies were peddling through the doctors and yeah, my dad was one of those. So my household was one of those like methadone was like just on the, on the cabinet shelf. Really? Yeah. And they were just dosing with medic, uh, with methadone. Yeah. Pretty wild. And like, you know, when you're 16, your dad's having insane mild, like, uh, like mood, mood swings, you know, it just sort of felt like, like par for the course of like, well, we don't really have much of a close relationship. I'm a teenager. It's tumultuous. It's a yeah. small home. Shit happens. And now looking back, it's like, oh no, he was coming down from like methadone pres- prescription heroin. Oh my God. And he didn't even know it. You know what I'm saying? Like he eventually weaned himself off that shit, but I was long gone by then. Did you ever get into any of that stuff? I mean, not heroin, but well, I would sneak some of his pills because yeah. you're, you know, a kid, you're in high school and you're like, what is that? I yeah. want to try that. And that's how I eventually learned. Cause I would also have, when it, when it would start wearing off, I was like, if somebody was like shaking a glass with ice in it mm-hmm. on the other side of the room, you'd be like, can we get a little peace and quiet here? Oh yeah. So you that's just like had, the, you, the aggress. Yeah. So he's just a, like coming down, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so like, I, I, I think because in, in, in so many ways, 
music and being a singer has saved my life because it's a muscle that if you relax it, you can't really do your job. Yeah. Like I think if I was, I don't know, like the amount that, that having to perform at a, at a high level as a singer has, has kept me from like tasting getting off the rails, but not having the choice to really get off the rails too right. much. Um, I'm very thankful for, and I and yeah, I lose kind of, your voice and you're fucked. Yeah, you can't perform at a high level, and like, you know, I'm 37 now, and like I started doing it professionally at 24, and so 24 to 32, you think you're invincible, anyways, right? Um, and when you're doing the lifestyle that we do, it's yeah. like you have access to things, and you think you can handle shit. Yeah, I feel like I only just now recently realized the amount of things that I thought I had control over. I really didn't. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of fed up with being so fucking selfish, you know, and it, let's all clap to that. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I'm, I'm in the same boat, John. I've, I've been doing 250 shows a year since I was 19. I'm wow. 34. Wow. I've been, yeah. you know, doing yeah. coke and having yeah. one night stands right not anymore but i forever and yeah. then you reach this point i was exactly 33 when i was like i am fucking done with this yeah okay so okay it's so like how long how long do you want to hang out on a cul-de-sac yeah it's a dead oh, end that's, street that's a good point you know what i'm saying like you you eventually like you it's like there's something about the cycle where you get really you continuously get that fix whether it's the drug or just the like these people know you. Yeah. That whole cul-de-sac knows who you are. But eventually you're like, oh shit, like you guys still just want to watch that? Were you Friday? becoming an asshole at the end of that binge? I I was, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like what were you doing? I think doing? I just like I needed it. I don't even know if it was because I'm sure partially it was because of the substances, but it was also like I just needed to process and like do therapy. Like there was shit that I was resentful about for years. That again, when you're in the cul-de-sac, you're not learning. No. So it, the echo chamber. Yeah. I call so it. it was partially the substances, and it was partially like I just wasn't working through my shit. Yeah. What was the shit that you need to work through? Daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like like just observations as a child, like seeing my parents. Um, I think looking back now, it's just it just feels like the chemistry was off. Yeah. They were ill paired, you know, and like and they and they and they weren't like. I don't think they were equipped with like, I see like our photographer, I feel like I talk in, in, in abstract I'm, I'm ways. Here. I'm not a very linear individual, but our photographer is 21 years old and she is more equipped with like her fucking emotional stability <laughs> and like the tools to work through things than, than I am and definitely more than my parents were. And, and it's just like an evolution thing, I think, with psychology and all of that. So my parents, like just watching them bicker and then fight and then me fight with my father physically and like break shit in the house. And like, I mean, I nearly killed him one time and he nearly killed me one time. Yeah. And like that trauma of, of feeling, I mean, I literally felt the life going out of my dad. I had him on the floor in a chokehold because he had me in one and I was breaking windows. It was gnarly. <laughs> How old were you here? I was 16. Did you baby 17? Did you leave town after that? I left. I mean, I ran out of the house that night and eventually I think I stayed with a friend. They kind of like were hip to like how fucked up my, my, how tumultuous my home was at the time. So I, st I stayed with a friend that night. But like things like that where like, and then ever since then I've had dreams where I'll be being chased by like a pack of wolves. And eventually I just stop, I turn around and I just grab them and I rip their fucking jaws apart. Yeah. And what so do you that think is that anger. is? It's, it's anger and it's boiling anger. And it's like, it's being taunted by a father forever. And then finally, like I finally got into physical fitness so that yeah. I could defend myself. And then I did almost to the point where I killed him. 
And that's a horrible feeling. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to almost kill your father. It feels well, fucking terrifying. I know. I've been having those weird dreams too. It's the art of the. It's the art I think of. If you're being chased, that means they want they want something from you. So it's the idea of stop running and fighting back. Yes, but ripping a, a wolf's jaw. <laughs> I love dogs. I love animals. Holy like shit. so, it's just another layer of like. <laughs> It's it's a weird it's a we it's a scary vision of yourself view of who you are. But maybe you loved your dad, and the, just as much as you loved animals. Well, totally, like he is my flesh and blood. And so imagine like wanting to like just out of sheer, I want this I want this pain to stop. <laughs> but like in order to do that, you have to sever ties with or nearly yeah. kill the person that you're supposed to love. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. I've never been able to like psychoanalyze those dreams as, as much Pretty as we wild. just have. But so imagine that, and then imagine being 21, you're kind of, you've been living on your own for a few years now, you know, you start drinking at bars and out of nowhere, here comes this like, yeah. you know, ability to like fight back and you start seeing things in ways that aren't really necessarily as heightened as they feel. Yeah. So it took me a long time to like harness and emotions? my emotions yeah. because I, I would just it was triggering. It was like, it must've been like PTSD or something. You right. know what I mean? Like not everyone was actually chasing me like a pack of wolves. No. You know what I'm saying? But I, I would go from zero to that. Is that anxiety? I don't know. I, I think it's like, what is I, chasing? I, I don't know. The idea of chasing. I yeah. think it's like, it's like, I, I just personally felt, I just got to a point where I was like, I've felt this way my whole life from, from something that was out of my control. Mm -hmm. I think it's out of control. Right. Not having control over like your own ability to feel safe. Yeah. Maybe. And um, I very quickly would be reminded of that feeling and I would just freak the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's so, it's just wild that a human can have that emotion while at the same time I'm obsessed with love. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with love and I see it in nature and I see it in human beings and I've finally now found it with my now wife. But like to be able to possess that obsession with love and like the, I mean, I just, I, I've, you know, I can like, I can, it can wash over me in a field and I can like break down in tears. Yeah. How is that person, the same person who can feel cornered and OB, let's just go from zero to hundred and think these wolves are after him and just like lash out. But yeah, like what is love? It's the love, love I, to me is, is when you stop running and let something into you. I mean, 110,000% I agree So with that. maybe that's why you love it so much because you've been running your whole life. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't think I was able to really love myself and love and understand what love was to have close people around me until I met my wife and her family. How long have you been with her? Uh, almost seven years. Been married oh, for fuck. one year. One. Okay, so can we, let's, I kind of want to, this is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. You talk about when you're a kid about like the resentment of your dad and you never wanted to be like him. You always felt like he was never there. Do, mm -hmm. do you ever feel like... Uh, you're doing. You're in the same footsteps because you're a traveling musician, yes, and you're always gone from your wife. Hundred and ten percent. How do you get through that in your head? That roadblock. I think it's one step forward, two, just three steps back. A lot of the time, um, in all honesty, like like just in the last like week to month, I've had some shit go down where I was like, really took a, a step back and looked at my life. And looked at how selfish I was continuing to be because here's the, what I'm realizing. It's like my dad traveled for work because it made more money for the family. Like I think we would have respected him and that had when he come back, had he known how to handle 
the emotions of I miss you, I love you, and what that can sometimes turn into from children and wife. Right. And and return as a positive, like, I know I miss you and I love you too. We never got that. It was just like he felt bad, he didn't know how to handle it, he shut off, he would smoke outside. We never saw him. Right. So I so I saw myself doing that. It's like and and I'm finally just trying to like show up and be accountable and be like, I miss you, I love you. I'm gonna be present with you because I'm here now. Like you've got to just learn how to like I don't know, not let the negative become everything, right. right? Focus on the positive. And I think people are more understanding and forgiving of you because they're proud of you. Like yeah. you're following your fucking dream. Yeah. As long as I can be proud of you and you respect that and you not be a total prick when you get back, yeah. this is going to work out okay. You know, yeah. And it's like taking the microscope further away and realizing mm-hmm. there's not that much bad stuff. Everyone else, right. there's so much other beautiful stuff we're doing. Yeah. But we can't see that because that one or two fucking pieces of shit uh-huh. or whatever it is yep. in your head yep. that is just driving us fucking mad that you yeah. can't fucking be present. Yeah. And or, I think love is present. A hundred percent. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm just kind of in a place right now where, like, whether it's just this tour or when I get off, just, like, kind of cleaning myself up and being completely natural on this run and sleeping and, um, you know, remembering people's names and remembering like, Hey, remember when, you know, it's like the band and crew dynamic, we're so close, but at the same times it can kind of just be surface on repeat sometimes. And it's like, Hey, like three days ago, I actually, I I asked you what you went to school for. And I actually remember that now. And I can like see you seeing something and be like, Oh, that's that sociologist in you. You know what I mean? Like I can be, present and have depth human being with these people that when you're just kind of living day to day for yourself and your own gains mm. and then, you don't have it yeah and amazing it took you 13 years to get to know your band dude <laughs> i'm yes. like that with my band yes. bro well, I mean, for like or, or it took me 36 and a half years to get to know myself <laughs> right which and one's which it? one's more offensive i don't know um, I think we, you know, we'll always and not even offensive. See, that's being too hard on myself. Fuck that. Like, no, yeah. Let go of of the things you did wrong because if you carry that shit around with you, you're you're continuing the cycle, right? Yeah. Like people just want you to be positive. So show up, be kind to yourself, so you can be kind yeah. to others. You know, it's like it's so funny. We're in such a vulnerable job that it yeah. when we come into our personal life, it's so hard to be vulnerable with the people we care about. I know. Well, because you sometimes you swing so hard. One of the, I mean, I, I remember in the beginning, especially, I'd come off stage and I had, I was just so raw and so untrained, musically speaking, emotionally speaking, uh, publicly speaking. I would bear my soul to such degree on stage. And and those first two to three records too, especially were like, we're so first person, so much of my journal. I don't know that anybody ever realizes that, you know, it was like literally me. Yeah. <laughs> like it I wasn't good. Like I got into this in the first place because I needed it. Like I would, yeah. when I would get into these fights with my dad, I would write in red because it signified the blood and I would write poetry and like. You were deep thinking like that. I, when I was 16, bro, I was into transcendentalism, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking go. <laughs> I mean, you had to find a way to fucking escape yeah. that pain without so, killing someone. T- exactly. Or going to, I mean, I mean, I think this, this job has kept me out of jail numerous times. And I say that kind of in a cheeky way, but no, like, but it's true, bro. Like the first, yeah. For the first like seven years of this, like I did not handle the, what is on stage and what is off stage very well, because I don't, you know, people would want to meet you and they would want to like share their side of their stories with you. And I was just like, so uh, raw coming off stage that I would just be such a dick. Yeah. Because I just felt so insulted. I was yeah. just like, 
you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You want more? <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, and I'm like, I didn't have the awareness to realize like, they don't know what you're going through. They don't know yeah. how real that was for you. Yeah. Like how the fuck, how dare you get mad at somebody for being a fan of yours? Or is it but more of like, like for a yeah, while. I, I, I feel like that too when I'm burnt down, beat up. Like mm -hmm. what do you, you get off stage and you feel like they just want something from you. When really they're just yeah, trying yeah. to relate with you. You get a little paranoid quick, you know, because <laughs> you start wanting to protect your own. It's boundaries are healthy, right? What I learned in the pandemic when yeah. you had to create boundaries because you're at one place with you and other people, yeah. your wife, I don't have kids yet. I can only imagine. But like you learn to create boundaries. You learn to say no because it's healthier for a later on scenario where you're actually going to be better to yourself and those around you. Right. So like. What was the worst blowout? That you regret. Band related or just personally related? Just anything that keeps you up at, at night. Because oh, as, you, as you're feeling like you're becoming a better person. Yeah. <laughs> or in your head, you know? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. probably always a good I mean, person. probably the most recent, you know, it's always the most recent. It's kind of like, what's your favorite song? It's like the one I just wrote. But yeah. like, yeah, I think it's the ones that closest. Because the ones that, clo that is closest is almost like a direct, like the underground, like tunnel back to the very first time you were a prick. Mm -hmm. And then you just get in debt, you get down on yourself. You're like, I still, I'm still a prick. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> way too, bro. <laughs> yeah. Biggest prick since 19, uh, 1997. Hey, you know Frank's what I'm saying? Like, prick. Yeah. 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 Still a prick since, uh, still number one prick since 97. Uh, like, cool. So what was it? What was the blowout? Um, recently, recently it was like, so I, I enjoy or have been enjoying for like, since I was a teenager, like, I've always been interested in, in like psychedelics. Same. I've always been interested in stimulants. Well, not always, but stimulants kind of became a secondary thing, especially like doing this job where, you know, if when you're, when you're tired, this job feels like a drag. When you're right. not tired, this job feels like you're in fucking heaven. Yeah. Right. And, and, and <laughs> sometimes that happens naturally. The same fucking And sometimes person. it doesn't. Um, and what I've actually started doing is exercising instead of relying on stimulants, it's more sustainable. I'm more present. I don't like, what are you running? Uh, no, my knees are fucking keeping me from running. Nah, dude, I, st I started like sweating. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not like you, you can see me, but like, I'm not like, I'm some shredded ripped out <laughs> dude, but like, I've been working on my core, my breath and my balance because uh -huh. I'm 37 and I'm a front man and I got all these fucking 21 year old kids crushing it in their skinny jeans. Yeah. Just like, you know, <laughs> these, uh, these immortals in their black skinny jeans. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to compete with that motherfucker. Oh, I'm talking about <laughs> Yeah. So, so I've been doing stuff oh. like with like, like uh, resistant bands and like, like things where you use your own body and balance to like build strength and sustain it in like, uh, or, um, stamina. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't drink before shows anymore. I'm actually kind of not drinking at all right now until I get off tour. My voice, my range is way better. I had to quit smoking. All the shit that I loved doing was really keeping me at a certain level. There was an invisible ceiling. And once I quit smoking and stopped drinking, um, you know, anytime before performance um, and currently even after them, yo, performing is fucking easy. And I'm yeah. like crushing. When you were drunk, you felt like you weren't you weren't killing it? No, 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 no. I mean, like, like years ago, I realized that like, once you start headlining and you're doing like over an hour and a half straight of songs, yeah. like as a singer, you can't drink. Yeah. You, you get flat. You, you literally sing like shit. Yeah. And there's three of us. So there's like, it's not like, 
it's not like a band where it's like, oh, it's like not, not, not that noticeable because he's really into it. I throw off every fucking vocal harmony if mm. I'm singing flat, as yeah. is everybody else. And that's important. So it's like, you know, I think of it like if you're in this fucking fighter jet and you've got a formation, every motherfucker has to be on point. It's yeah. not just you. True. Right? So like you fuck something up, like disaster happens. So, right. um, but yeah, so the exercise thing has been like, it, A, so when I came back after the pandemic, I was like, fuck yeah, we still have a job. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful. However, I was also like, because I don't want to take it for granted, I don't want to get drunk and do it because I didn't want to get drunk and do it. I'm standing on stage. There's six people surrounded by 5,000 to 10,000 people a night. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. Yeah. How do I not see this? Like, this is weird. And I was hanging, having like just anxiety to where it took me like almost more than half the set to like stop thinking. Yeah. And that's just not a good ratio. Especially after 14 years of just killing yeah, it. Yeah, well, and, and like to all those people who want to come back and see a live band, like they're not paying to see you have a fucking anxiety issue on stage, bro. <laughs> so work your shit out before you get on stage. <laughs> so that's what I do. I work out before I get on stage. And now I'm now I'm like, now I feel like I belong back to what it's it's like I'm I'm 19 again. Like I knew I belonged in this world in music on a stage. And I think for a lot of those middle years, I kind of just like stopped remembering that you have to, you have to earn shit to deserve something. Yeah. Right. Um, so I feel like I'm back to in a humble way of like remembering that you're always the student. There's always somebody who's hella talented. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to take it, if you don't, if you don't want to like take this like seriously and see the beauty in it, then like, fuck off, get out of the NBA. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Go it's too to hard for your, exactly. And I'm, I'm big basketball head. I'm, that's all I think is how coaches, like that's one, how coaches deal with all these alter, these egos in a band, yeah. you know, and as a lead guy mm-hmm. after now everyone has money, they have wives yep. and shit. Yep. How do you balance that without everyone fucking killing each other? Therapy. <laughs> band therapy. Yep. You have the, you have the band on therapy. Yep. Together. Oh yeah. Oh, tell me about this. What's yeah. going on? Really? I can't, I, I, I need to give a, I need to first and foremost, give a shout out to Charity. Yeah. God bless her. She's um, one female surrounded by five males, has oh, been for 13 days. years. She grew up with two sisters, no oh brothers. God and now she's got five. I'm clapping. For What's up, Charity? Hell yeah, bro. So as you can imagine, it was her initial spark who was like, hey, so I think it might be good if, and for you know a long time we were just like, yeah, Fucking guys, just like I don't know. Yeah, and then, we're already surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if I want to fuck with what's going on in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the most selfish perspective of all time. Like, oh, we're uh, so no, we're good. Selfish. She's like, I know you're good, fuckers. Um, in which we weren't, but um, anyway. So we 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 had started to sort of like uh, approach therapy as a band for maybe a six months or so, and then when the pandemic happened. It was, it was in this regard, a blessing in disguise because we for once had the opportunity or the advantage of like being able to talk real talk, rip off band-aids and mm. not have to go into an interview yeah. or go on television or yeah. go on stage right. or go to our very small bus. Yeah. To and where you're deal like, with it. Yeah. Like no one's going to be honest and then have to be like <laughs> sitting yeah. next to somebody being like, Hey bro, like, yeah, we got to pass me that water bottle. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. We got you know what I'm saying? Like that track. is not going to happen. <laughs> So, in a weird Did way, you used to do that, like get drunk and say how you felt, and then no, have to deal with no, the band drive. You would get drunk and not say how you felt. Oh, suppression! It's just like a mountain of band aids, oh. and then and then you'd have a meltdown somewhere, 
Why were you randomly. so afraid to like say how you feel um, to your band? Because I think for me, I mean, I'm sure it was a different reason for everyone. Yeah. I think for me, like going back to like what used to haunt me the most, which was like having someone have power over me of like, this person makes me feel like I don't, I don't, I don't have safety and I don't have control. Mm-hmm. And there's an illusion that you feel like I chose this lifestyle. I have, I have control. The minute you start opening up a conversation and conversations don't resolve themselves immediately. No. There's, there's like part one, part two, it's a saga. So like you can't, I don't think that I had the ability. I wasn't sturdy enough to handle the awareness enough to realize I'm not in control in this either. Right. I'm partially out of control because of these five other people. We are choosing to do this together and I don't think I could have handled it. So does that make sense? Totally. Like, yeah. Cause you're already not in control of your head. And this, your music yeah. that was your sanctuary was yeah, your place of now shared. freedom. A, yeah. Now it's a business. It's a business. And you're fucking- And it's shared with five other, other individuals who frankly make it better. They add color and dimension and their own personalities. But yeah, when it comes to like having to work through your own emotions and try and, you know, just navigate that, it's like- right. Yeah, it, you just you learned that it didn't wasn't that it wasn't easy, and so you just start you started doing it less and less. Yeah. So you need a coach. Yeah. You need a producer. You need a therapist. You need somebody to in the ring to like understand someone's breaking point, right. let them draw that shit out, and then and then go. Okay, thank you, John Kenny. How does that make you know what I'm saying? Someone to just oversee. Was was this therapist on the road with you guys? She came out a few times, like I said, because 2019, you know, when we were on the road, yes, she met us a few times. She's also um, incredibly busy and has her has her hand in life and several other things. And much you typically at a much higher level of of issue. Um, and yeah, but so then, like, um, I think being able to do it from our own safety of our own apartments, you know, virtually oh, Zoom okay. calls. That's what it was. That's when it started to become actually honest. Yeah. Because you could, you know, you would do that and then you could close your laptop and you could just like decompress yeah. alone. Yeah. Talk to your wife about it, whatever. Yeah. And then you would see them on the screen a few days or a week later, whatever. You know what I mean? You didn't have to like, it was, it was nice to wake up with them. them. Yeah. And, we spent uh, 12 years together. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, and I'm happy to want to, I'm happy now to want to spend another 12 years with them. But it was like, you guys almost break up. You think? Oh yeah. Handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of bands that are here oh, today yeah, have almost broken up every, dozens of times. You know, what do you we think are, the we main core of a breakup of a band is? Miscommunication. Yeah. Just like any other relationship. Right. Musically you know? or professionally or what? I don't Everything. Know there's a difference. Yeah. I don't see it as any different. It's all the same. I don't know. Power dynamics. Because it's groups, right? So group right. power dynamic. Um, I mean, I think the easy answer is ego, but that's kind of a cop-out because what does that mean? To me, that encapsulates a lot of things. Right. Um, because a certain amount of ego is healthy. You have to have some amount of confidence to do what you're doing right now, to do what I'm doing on stage. You know, if you didn't have that confidence in your belief in yourself, then like, right. you know, I don't see how you get up on and do these things. So, Have you ever had a dud record? Um... That's a good question. In my mind, no, but I'm a songwriter. Like, yeah. I don't, I didn't do this for success. I'm happy. The success equals the ability to continue to do it. Right. So that's a beautiful thing. Um, but to me, the success of, of making music and songs and a record is like, 
is the engagement you yeah. see from a fan and like what that's doing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, there's records that are more or that are better received by, you know, critically. Does that bum a band out when it's less re- received? Some people in the band are a lot, a lot more like um, sensitive to stuff like that. I think I have the advantage because I'm always, I'm always getting healing from these songs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm less scared or, or, uh, or concerned with what that means. Mm-hmm. I just have trust in like, Hey, there's people listening because for a reason they're not, they're not necessarily the ones writing about right. it. You know what I mean? They're right. out there and they're listening. And this is, if it feels real to me, you know, Fuck it's going to feel real to somebody yeah. else. So like, the guy writing about it, maybe it was an editor who asked somebody to do it because the piece needed to be done. Who knows what was up their ass that day? Maybe they don't care. Maybe they're into metal and they had to write about a folk band. Like right. I don't read too much into it. Like <laughs> it doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't surprise me very much. Yeah. Like I'm a huge fan of the like. Right now I'm obsessed with the Cure, and like you watch these Cure documentaries and it's like people are ripping them apart but also praising them at the same time. Right. And to me, every single one of those records are incredible. So who fucking cares? Like, who cares if there's a, I guess it's like, what constitutes a dud? Somebody, somebody saying their last one was better in yeah. that regard? Then sure, of course we've had duds. You had a, you had a great m- uh, mentality there. Like, who, the idea of who cares, you know, you have these, these, you write these songs, you do your thing. Why do we, why do we over, we're st- it, I'm talking about internally. Yeah, so like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you just deconstructed like to let the river flow again. Yeah. How, wh- why do why do we not listen to the brain doing that same theory? Well, because I mean, I I think look, I'm I'm also like probably trying to sound a little, you know, thicker skin than I really am here. Yeah. Cuz of course, like I hear of shit whether I'm the one who read it or it's a band member who who felt the need to bring it to my attention, even though I think it was the most unhealthy shit you've ever done in my life yeah. by revealing that to me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Sorry, bro. Sorry. But it's like, I get it. And like, you know, just because on one hand, who doesn't want, I, I think we'd both be lying if we, if we said that we don't want at the end of the day, 10 out of fucking 10, a yeah. fucking 10, cool. right? 10, a 10, a 10, a 10, a 10, right? Like we all want that. So we're going to, at some, we're, some part of us is going to have to acknowledge what they're saying. Yeah. Right, the shit and the really good, and I don't think I'll ever get a fucking ten, ten, fucking ten, fucking ten. <laughs> you know, but I'll probably also not. I'll probably never stop striving for one. Yeah. So therefore, you're always going to be a little susceptible to those who are saying like eh, four and a half. You're like four and a fucking half. Oh mother, Come on. Fu- no, give me fuck a, you. Please give me a fucking seven. Yeah. I know you. I know you thought seven, and you just wanted to be like with your peeps and say four and a half. Do you think these guys are more critical the more <laughs> records you make? I don't know. Actually, I think it depends on, on, I think it has more to do with like the graph, the scale of like your rise. For us, we kind of had like a very, uh, like two of right, like no one had ownership over our shit except for our fans. And yeah. I think that's why people just, there's like, we may as well just pan it because yeah. we, we didn't rely on them. Yeah. Like we sold our shit at first. We weren't on a label and like, we just How had access to the people. How many years did you do that for? It was probably, it was like a, a year, but like we sold like 10,000 records out of our trunk of our car. <laughs> Let's fucking go, dude. I know. Yeah. So like people didn't break, like fans broke How old us. were you? 24. Let's fucking go. Yeah. So in a weird way, I You think, didn't get into Coke and Pussy with that much excitement? No. Dude, I was surrounded by like homeschool kids. Okay. I moved to Seattle to start this band. If I would have moved to New York and found people like me, I would have been dead already. Yeah. <laughs> Same, bro. Yeah. So God bless everyone from yeah. Seattle. Shout out I to Seattle. I did have to move back to the band. I appreciate you. Shout out to Seattle. 
Yeah, it's so fucking wild, dude. Life is so wild. When yeah. we, it, why did why does it take us forty years to kind of start understanding? I'm 34, and mm-hmm. but like I'm just getting to the surface of who I am. Yeah. We're so afraid to find out who we are. Well, and the funny part is, is when personally for me, because I, I can so relate to that. When I was 27, I thought I had it all figured out. I was yeah. the most Same. arrogant I've ever been. Thought I had it. I thought I was just like, yo, why are we not like we should be fucking co-headlining with Coldplay, motherfucker. Right, I, like, that was in my head and too. Mean, and meanwhile, I'm like, yo, you've only done like one record. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but just wait till see what I do next. next. Yeah. And then you do something next and they're like, yeah, first one was better. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Are you and competitive? Now, what's that? Are you competitive? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Grew up skateboarding, guys? so like oh, you're into skateboarding. I, I'm like competitive, but like I'm all. I, I was never like a team. So NBA is new yeah. for me. My my wife played when she was in school, so she taught me. So pandemic showed me the NBA, the wow. bubble. Loved it. Where do you live now? I live in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, sick! But I was living in San Francisco for like the last six years because that's where my wife is from. So we're in this like we had like a dope loft apartment, and I'm just watching fucking NBA eating popcorn. Like oh. My wife would be like, so that's why this play is happening. And like, that's why defense is important down here. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You understood yeah. it. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Draymond Green. Fuck yeah, Draymond Green. Okay, okay. Oh, I see you, Curry. Just yeah. like getting into the Golden State Warriors. And it was it, it was like the time of time, it was the time when um Curry had his, his thumb uh, injury. So like he was out for the whole season. Right. And then he's back and they like almost made it to the fucking playoffs. Yeah. And it was beautiful watching Jordan Poole come up. Mm-hmm. Watching, um, just I would I I would like shed tears after some of those games. It was the most beautiful way of watching a veteran come back and bring up these kids in a very mm-hmm. humbling way, and for them to come clawing back. I just had never really I'd never been in group uh, team sports, yeah. running, track, skateboarding. That's it. So like I'm competitive, yeah. but I would like what I do competitively. Like skateboarding allows you to do is like. You would group skate like maybe Friday or Saturday on the weekends. Yeah. All week long, you go to school, you come home, you practice these tricks over and over yeah. and over again. No one sees it. So I, I, they're saying, I think I for a long time had an issue with like, I don't want you to see me until I'm crushing it. Yeah. Right. So like I spent all week working on this backside, backside tail slide. Couldn't do it. Fifth day, finally get it. Boom. Saturday rolls around. Go, go skate with the group. Oh shit. John can back tie, sit back, you know, yeah. back, backside tail slide all of a sudden. So competitive, Practice. but I also had an advantage of like disappearing like a cat in the woods when they're sick and then they come back all yeah. healthy and shit. Yeah. Like, um, so I think being in a band was like the first time where I had to like be sick in front of people. That was the theory I, I was did not say. hear. I didn't handle it well. Yeah, because you've always been an individual mm-hmm. athlete. Yeah. I, th- I consider music, being in a band is just like a, being in a professional athlete. I, pre- I appreciate you saying that because I actually f- agree with that now. It's mental um, as fuck, dude, mm-hmm. to play in front of that many people every night. It really and is. kill every it really night. Is. Yeah. And okay, okay, so I appreciate that. There's one thing I heard from uh, LeBron James was saying, like, I used to play, uh, my drive used to come from anger, and now my drive comes from joy. And like, and I feel like I noticed that shift in his playing, and I feel like I'm finally hitting that place. Yeah. Because I used to walk out, especially big festivals, and I was just like, I'm going out there like a fucking like brave heart. Yeah. Same. Like to charge face paint. I'm charging. 
it just looked like a sea of people that I needed to convince were morons unless they under, unless they understood how fucking important this music was. Right. Like it's so crazy. Like yeah. that's such a an odd thing to to think. Yeah. But I think maybe at the time I needed that was my only drive. Was yeah. like that was my fire. And now and now I'm kind of like it's so much so much of a better feeling to go out there and just like love. Love is my drive. Yeah. yeah. And I know that sounds fucking cheesy and cliche, but like if you knew me, if you know me, like you'd be like, oh, thank fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like anger got you there. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you don't want to be angry your whole life. No. That sounds fucking Ooh, horrible. I, I just see what it's just, just that's just toxicity. Yeah. Like, so you got to find a different way to fucking spark that. You ever go into an elevator and you don't say shit and that elevator ride is just like whatever. You yeah. go in an elevator and you smile and you, yeah. and you leave the elevator going like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Somebody else smiled. Yeah, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, it's just breaking like, through the glass. Yeah, I'm 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 all about it. Oh my god! Okay, I got two more questions. I gotta go perform in 20 minutes. Um, right. Um, this has been great, John. I agree. I I feel like we're getting to know each other. Uh, yeah, you know well, all my friends quick. like Dawes. Um, we just had a, the best tour ever with those guys. Yeah, and Aaron Ray. Yeah. Um, she. I think she played with you guys a couple years back. But Dawes, I heard that tour was great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they were lovely. Yeah. All of them. Like, you ever hate an opener? And you have to deal with these motherfuckers for like two months? Mm-hmm. You don't have to say no, names. I've never hated. No, no, no. <sighs> like pretentious. Uh, I mean, honestly, dude, if I'm being real, it was probably, I was probably the one so caught up in my shit that they hated you. I either was like, <laughs> I was either like numb to it or like I really loved it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's easy to marinate in our own shit, bud. Mm hmm. And especially when everyone's kissing yeah, your ass. Yeah, think it's like think it's not that smelly. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone's kissing your <laughs> Who ass. Who the fuck says smelly? You know, I realize like sometimes I'll have conversations with people. My breath is stinking. Yeah, well, stankin'. you know what? We have the masks now, dude. Like if I if I want to get up at like seven in the morning and go get a coffee, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll brush my teeth later. Yeah, mask. They put, put up the mask with, on. They put up with our assholeness when we're having a bad day. I know. That's pretty beautiful. Yeah. So God you know. bless your wife. Dude, what was like the craziest? Tell me about it. I mean, like, do you ever almost break up with her because she were she almost break up with you because you're acting too fucking crazy? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I mean, come back from the I road, that, just I'm fucking. Sh- yeah, don't Dude, know how to reverse the time. amount of shit that she's. It's it's like it's 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 offensive to myself to to imagine how how many things she's been patient and just like trusting that I will I will eventually do the right thing and learn from something and yeah. get over my shit. Right. Um, it's pretty amazing. Do you believe in um? She was here for a reason. Oh, you, a it was meant to be. Percent. Her and her entire family have like have created like a love force field for me because I normally I'm a good runner. Yeah, like literally and figuratively, like I can just burn a bridge and be like, I didn't, need, I didn't need that fucking island anyways. Yeah. I'll go out and find another one because yeah. I'm a fucking adventurer. <laughs> and it felt like she came at the right time. If seven years, that mm-hmm. means like you're deep in your head and mm-hmm. deep with the band drama, you oh, know, yeah. like it was just meant to be to have like, everyone needs a getaway. I have my first girlfriend right now. I've never had a girlfriend. You're I used to just have kidding. Oh, one night stands my whole time. Wow. And uh, I just, uh, this is the first time Congratulations. I'm stopped. It's cool and frightens me. And we break up all the time because I want to run the same thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need this island. I'll yeah. sw- I, don't, I don't have a boat. Fine. I'll swim. There. I'll, I'll take a, I'll find a shark to yeah. move me. Well, you know, can I, if I could say one thing, the thing that I think, um, cause I was like that, even when I met my now wife, Lindsay, like I still had a lot of that in me. And what I've, what, what I was taught by her family was like, 
you know, it's not sexy. Like what this, this, this weird thing you think is like interesting and cool of this ability that you have to run. Guess what? That's the easiest thing in the world to do. The hardest, <laughs> the hardest thing to do. The thing that actually looks like, make you look like a fucking man is to take the fucking punishment, learn from it and fucking sit your ass down. And I fucking, fucking listen. love this woman. You know what I'm saying? That's some dope advice. It is. Whatever, you know what it is too? However, we convinced ourselves that it's like somehow cool and mysterious to have this ability to run. We couldn't be further from the truth. Like, what the fuck? It's not cool. It's not sexy. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. We don't need someone kissing our ass, especially if it's the no, wife. Dude. Oh, we already have enough fucking yeah. confidence in ourselves. Let's she, be honest. Damn, I love that. That she does fucking. Wah. Yeah, no. <laughs> sit your ass yeah. down. Sit, eat your oh, you want to be a man? Sit your ass down and fucking <laughs> listen and stay here. Yeah, and realize that you need to learn from some shit. Wow. And have you? I have. I'm 37. I still have a lot of shit to learn. Well, welcome, brother. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) John, thanks for being on the show. We didn't even talk music. I felt that was just a real bonding session. You know what? People have heard the music. This is is shit that no one gets to to, to, to hear. So thank you for doing it. You ready for See Here Now? I'm so fucking ready. You ready? You still happy when you go out on that stage? I'm literally the happiest I've ever been. I'm not even just saying that right now. Do you ever get bored? Of the songs you play? I used to. Yeah. I used to when I think when I was thinking about it all in the mentality of like of like Braveheart. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like literally, like I used to think like it, I always had to be reinventing the wheel and now I'm like, nah, dude. Just go out there. Every every day is a new day. And the person that hears tonight, like, they're here for very different reasons than the people who were there for last night. Well, different and not different. Like they're just here to be overjoyed or healed or have a release or whatever it is like you just go out there and let them have that that's your fucking job i fucking love you john that's thank you i needed this because i was like i'm always i'm like tinkering i'm in a songwriter Mm -hmm. i'm also in the jam scene and i deal with these fucking jam people (laughs) who i swear to god like i have to change the sound like i want to play the songs i want to play that i I love to play I I, you that. know, and my fans want to hear. Yeah. And I'm getting, you know, you get chastised. You got to play something new. And I'm like, yeah. suck my dick from the back. You know, it's like there's, and it's and it's interesting because to them, that's, it's like there is a loud voice of a, a collective voice of a lot of people in any genre who they're so, they're, they can be such purists and they're so, they're so, it, that music is so important to them. Yeah, no. Just try and give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, that's why they're doing that. Because it's right. so important to them. Yeah. But also remember like, hey, I appreciate your perspective. But I'm here because I am who I am. Right. 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 And so like, you got to give me some, give me some fucking leeway too, bro. Like, you love this because of what I brought and what my bandmates brought to this. So like, yeah. give us some fucking room. Damn, I'm about to Venmo you 75 bucks for a therapy <laughs> session <laughs> though. I just... <laughs> No, man. No, I'm just paying it forward. I'm just paying it forward because this shit did a lot for me as well. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Absolute John. Pleasure. And uh, hopefully we get to see each other again. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm in Richmond a bunch. And oh, um, yeah, you know Dave Schools? Um, He's in widespread panic. He grew up out there. <laughs> really? Richmond is low-key dope. It, uh, I know. Good and let's keep it low-key dope. Okay, I will. Okay. Mama Zoos, all that yes. stuff is the fire, dude. Yeah. And I you love know, playing the National. You know uh, yeah. That's the spot we play, and it's like yeah, we played there almost every single time we played. We last night was the first time we have really like, excuse me, kind of. Um, uh, we played the Austria Theater last night. Um, that's bigger, right? It's bigger, and it's because like normally we're like the National or a night or two there, yeah, um, or Browns Island um, Friday night cheers. Hey, I've been seeing your things. It's, it's just been big. Like you putting your dick out there, and it's working, bro. Thanks, dude. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Appreciate that. We'll keep doing it. <laughs> 
Thanks, dude. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, I gotta go perform. But John, thanks for being on the show, and good luck with everything. And I'll be friends. Yeah. Later. You tuned in to the World's Heavy Podcast with Andy Fresco. Thank you for listening to this episode. Produced by Andy Fresco, Joe Angelo, and Chris Lawrence. We need you to help us save the world and spread the word. Please subscribe, rate the show, give us those crazy stars. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're picking this shit up. Follow us on Instagram at World Saving Podcast for more info and updates. Fresh Coach blogs and tour dates you find at andyfresco.com. And check our socials to see what's up next. Might be a video dance party, a showcase concert, that crazy shit show, or whatever springs to Andy's wicked brain. And after a year of keeping clean and playing safe, the band is back on tour. We thank our brand new talent booker, Mara Davis. We thank this week's guest, our co-host, and all the fringy frenzies that help make this show great. Thank you all. And thank you for listening. Be your best, be safe, and we will be back next week. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast as far as we know. Any similarity, drugs, or knowledge, facts, or facts, purely coincidental.